God as part of Champions Week. And those who have been around here for a long time, you know what we do in Champions Week is I'll present my vision for the church. And then we have a guest minister who doesn't know where we're at. He prays and seeks God and he comes in and ministers and gives God an opportunity for another voice to push us in the direction God is wanting us to go. And we're blessed to have them today with us at Branches Church. Paul and I have been friends for way back, way back in college. And I want to say I appreciate his friendship. Good friendships enrich your life. Amen? Good friendships enrich your life. If you don't have some good friendships, I want to encourage you to build some friendships within people, within this church, with people sitting on the pew beside you or across from you. Good friendships enrich a person's life, and his friendship has certainly enriched my life and made it better. And so I want to invite him to come and just preach whatever God has put on his heart. Why don't you welcome him with a hand clap and open your heart to him. Let him speak to you. Paul, come take your liberty. Amen. Are you glad to be at Branches this morning? Amen. I'm thrilled to be with each and every one of you. And to be honest with you, it's felt a lot like home. Uh, as you mentioned, we planted a church. It was 2010 when we planted. And I've been emotional this morning, to be honest with you, because um, walking through here, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Um, the feeling um, is, is much the same. Um, we never thought, just, just so you know, we never thought we would uh, step away from the church uh, until about, you know, maybe two and a half years ago or so, God began to put something on our hearts, and we didn't know what that meant. We just felt God doing something, and God laid out everything that, that needed to happen for us to place our church and um, put it in um, some, some good hands and then attach it to another church. And we, we had uh, seen great, great growth. We had gone through a building program, and God had done many things. And the good news is, is our church is thriving to this day, and God has blessed in a mighty way, and we're thankful for that. At the same time, we feel in the perfect will of God right now, and so uh, and that means being here today, uh, um, today, and even not next week, brother, brother, um, brother Coon. Um, I, there's some a backstory on that, but anyways, we feel very much so good, and in the place that God has called us to, and so I'm excited about what God's going to do. I'm also excited. My wife's with me, and uh, she doesn't get to travel with me too much. But she's here with me uh, today, and, and we've sat over there and talked about a little bit as we walked through this morning about how, how familiar this feels and how excited we are. And I just would say to you, count yourself blessed to be a part of something God is doing that's going to be special. And the good news is you're all going to look back and say, remember when you're going to have all these great stories, and you're going to say, look what the Lord has done. Amen? Amen. It's going to happen, and I believe it. It's already happening. It's already happening. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm excited about that. And I'm going to hurry here, but I do want to say also it's so good to be with people that I also see as great friends. And I've been great friends for many years, but even in the last uh, two years or so, we've gotten, um, I would say, our friendship's even grown closer. And I have full confidence and um, full faith in your leadership here. And I'm excited about what God's doing and, and what's, what's going to happen. If you, if you agree with me on, on that, just, just, just say amen. Let's do that. All right. I can't see you that well, but I'm okay with that because that's what everybody said when they came to my church, too. Uh, I'm going to trust that you're smiling every, every once in a while. Um, um, <laughs> let's look together. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just dive in. Now, here's the thing. I wrestled a little bit with, um, with my direction um, 
leading up to this week, and I told my wife, I said, I, 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 I just can't get away from what I feel, and I really do. I feel this. This morning, I feel it. As we're singing, I feel it, and I want to just take a little bit here and try to open your mind up to something, um, something I believe for, from me, and this, this may be way off. Next week, you might hear something totally different. He might say, that guy had no, no clue, and that's all right, because if that happens, he's right, I'm wrong, Okay. Gonna be a tough crowd this morning, like that. Okay, um, but uh, but I, I, that, I, we're gonna we're gonna believe together, and 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 God's gonna do a work. Amen. Let's look together. John chapter twenty, verses one through eight. John twenty, one through eight. And what I'm gonna do is have you just. We're gonna read this um, through together, and I'm gonna dive right in. So so we're not gonna uh, take a minute and read a scripture before. We're gonna read this as our text. And um, I, I just believe the Lord's going to show us some things in this. Let's pray together one more time. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your hand that's upon us, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do this week, but what you've done leading up to this week, God. We pray right now in Jesus' name that you'd move on every heart, every mind, God. We, we desperately want you to intervene, God, and you to move, God. We want your voice. We want your guidance. We want your help. And we pray in Jesus' name, right now, you do that in every life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Let's look together at this. Uh, John chapter 20, 1 through 8. And I'm going to just kind of read it with you here. Um, the, the Bible says, in this, in this text, we have, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre. Let me just stop right there real fast. Because some of you right now know exactly what we're leading into on this text. Right off the bat, off of that, you get it, right? You kind of know where we're at in the text. Now, now let me just kind of see what the text does from this point on. She, the Bible says that she sees the stone taken away from the sepulcher. She, she comes and sees the stone gone. And the next text goes on and it says simply this, that, that she runs and comes to Simon Peter and the Bible says she comes to the other disciple um, whom Jesus loved. The other disciple whom Jesus loved. So, so just, just for clarity, when you would um, pin in the Gospels something that you were involved with, rarely would you give yourself, um, you would reveal your name, you'd give yourself a title or, or a, um, uh, you know, a nickname. And, and John, this is the Gospel of John, so John's recording this, and John decides to hook himself up. John says, I'm going to be the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, these, these other guys are bums, but I'm the one whom Jesus loved. He says, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to make sure that everybody knows from now on, this was who I was, and they can deal with whatever they got going on. And, but, but Simon Peter, and, and he comes to the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, and, and she comes and she, she says, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, out of the tomb, and we know not where they have laid him. It goes on, it says in this next text, um, it says, Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, who's the other disciple? John, and came to the sepulcher. Now, here's where it starts getting fun, okay? I want you to just pay attention to this real close here. So they ran both together. That's, that's the beginning of this. And the other disciple did outrun Peter. And it starts driving it home a little bit. And he's like, I'm going to make sure you get my point. I didn't just outrun him, but I came first because we were confused about that, right? 
when you outrun somebody, you get their second. No, that's not the case. But John, right here in this text, John starts revealing something that's important for you and I to grasp onto. John starts noticing, or we, he starts revealing something that we notice in the text that, that, that human behavior was not absent even when they were close to Jesus. Is that all right? That we still struggle with the same stuff and the same, the same problems. We still have some of the same little ways about us. We still sometimes, no matter how much we love them, we don't like them. You know what I'm talking about? No one wants to admit it today. But we have those moments. We have those moments. We, we struggle. And so, so the, the, the Bible says they rambled together, and, and, and uh, the other disciple, John, did outrun Peter. John's just writing this down. He's like, man, I got there first. I got there way ahead of him. He came running down from the valley and was huffing and puffing, and I had a moment, a break. I called my mother and said, I, I had all this time to do all this stuff, and finally he showed up. And the Bible goes on and says in verse, um, I forget which where we're right now, but, and he stooping down, looking in, and saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then it says, the other disciple, I mean, then Simon Peter, uh, following him, finally, finally showing up. Then comes Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and sees the linen clothes lie, and, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And then we go on, it says, then the, um, then we in the other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing that, 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 that here we have John writing this down. Simon Peter and John apparently were close, but yet they had maybe a little bit of a, uh, just a, a, a natural human thing. I'm not tearing them down, but they're just showing that they were regular people like you and I. But what's amazing about this is because of the distraction, it was already mentioned earlier, we're going to let go of distraction but because of the distraction of, of, of just personalities and, and, and all the things that kind of can get in the way, we don't get in this chapter, in this, this one through eight, we don't get that Mary came and she said Jesus was not in the tomb. They've removed the stone and I can't find him in there. And we don't get that Simon Peter and John said he said he would get back up. He said that he would not let death hold him down. We don't get that. We don't get that he rose again, that he got up again, that he's out of the tomb. He's, he's alive, and we don't get that. What we get is competition and human behavior robbing us of the reality of what's really happening around us. Is it possible that you and I might at times get caught up with our eyes and all the other things and all the other stuff, and we we get caught up in maybe uh, uh, um, conflicts with somebody else, or we get caught up in and how dare us get caught up ever in politics, and we get caught up in all the stuff, and we get caught up in all the things that Facebook might offer us, but we miss out on the revival that's right in front of us. The Lord is saying that I'm trying to do a work in your life, and I'm trying to reveal something in your life, and I'm trying to speak something in your life, but you're missing it because you're worried about being faster than that person. You're worried about it. You're caught up in it. Uh, um, John writes it, and he deals with it, and he, and he, he records it even in this next uh, chapter. In John 21, this is a little bit later, Jesus had uh, come and spoken to them. He's, they're on the beach of the sea, and, and 21 and 15, the Bible says, So when they had dined, they had, they had come together after that moment, and Jesus 
says to Simon Peter, now just, just pause one more time. John looks and sees Jesus getting ready to talk to Simon Peter, and John grabs his notebook as fast as he can. And he hurries over there. He's like, I'm not missing anything. i got to get all this. And he goes and he starts writing this down. And Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Everybody say, more than these. Lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest all that, that I love thee. And he said unto him, then feed my lambs. And here's, here's what I want to just, just get you to understand. That feed my lambs is a euphemism for saying take care of my people. Or we could simply say it this way, reach my people. Feed my people, watch over my people, take care of my people. Jesus was trying to move Simon Peter from, from a place of distraction to a place of revival. And the way he's saying for this to happen is, if you really, really want to do the things that you are capable of and called to, and you really want to experience the things that I want you to experience, then the only way for you to get past distractions is to go and feed the people. Go take care of the people. Go love the people. Jesus is saying, if, you'll, if, you, if you truly love me, then you'll show it by reaching people, by, by, by loving people. And he, he says it one time, and, 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 and again, the Bible says, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Now, just, just for clarity's sake, this reminds me of when I was a kid and my mom would come in and say, Paul, did you clean your room? And I would be outside playing basketball in my front yard with all my friends. Um, and we all, I mean, all 14 friends in the neighborhood would be in the front yard eating our groceries and all the above. And, and, and um, my mom would come out and say, Paul, I told you, clean, did you clean your room? And I would say, yeah, mom, I did. And she'd say, okay. But she'd ask me a second time, hey, did you clean your room? And I would think, she's just getting old, she's getting hard of hearing. It's just a reality. But, but all the moms in the building, you think, you know, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. When you say it a third time. <laughs> when you say it a third time. I remember mom would say, and oftentimes attach my middle name in that third time. And she'd say, Paul, did you clean your room? And I would say, she knows something that I didn't know that she knows. She's done been in the room. She looked in the closet. She saw behind the shoe boxes. Or she went to the laundry room and saw all the clean clothes that I decided I didn't want to fold. And I thought I'd just let her make sure she washes those one more time. She knows something that I did not know that she was aware of. And, 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 and so we have Jesus that asks a second time. And, and Simon says, yeah, yeah, you know that I love you. But the Bible says that not only does he ask a second time, but he goes on. And the scripture says, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now, now Peter, the Bible says, was grieved. That's an important moment right there because Simon Peter was moved by the second time. And then he reveals why he was, why he was grieved and why... He was moved by this, and he, 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 he asked him this third time, and he speaks to this, this the third time, and, and the response was this, that, Lord, thou knowest all things. 
He said, you know all things, don't you? I, I, it just it, it, What he's doing right here is he's, he's letting something kind of, it, it kind of clicked with Simon Peter. He was so caught up in all his distractions that he was dumbing down the Messiah right in front of him. He was so caught up in all the stuff that he forgot about the miracle that was right in front of him. He forgot about what, what the Lord was pulling him into. He forgot about the power that, 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 that was being placed upon him. He forgot about the mission that he was called to, but he was, he was so caught up in all the other stuff. And, and, and the Lord said, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than, what were the these? that were there that these were the other disciples who had talents and had ability who had other things they possessed Jesus surrounded him by people that maybe weren't the most talented but some had talent but one thing they all did have is they had influence you may not be talented but you have influence and influence always attracts and Jesus said I'll reach over and get these people but what he was asking Simon Peter was are you so caught up in what they possess and what they have, and you're missing what I'm trying to do in your life. Do you love me? And Simon Peter revealed in this text, he said, you now are telling me that you see I'm dealing with some stuff. I'm dealing with the reality that life is tough sometimes. I'm dealing with the reality that I'm lonely sometimes. I'm dealing with the reality that I deal with this or I deal with that and I, I don't know how to go through this phase of life without maybe trying to pull myself on my eyes or on all these other things. My mind's on these things. My heart's on these things. My, my focus is on this stuff and, and I can't help. I'm, I'm caught up in this and I'm, I'm caught up in that and I, I, I don't know what to do. And Jesus pulls him aside and gets his attention and he says, do you love me more than, the, than, than all the distractions? And Do you love me more than all the headlines? And do you love me more than all the stuff enough that you can maybe get your eyes off of all those other things? I'm coming this morning to try to preach to somebody in this church to let you know that God has a word in your life and he has a plan for this church but it's time I stop looking around and wondering when maybe he's going to do that and wondering when we're ever going to have that and start saying Lord I just want to walk with you and I just want to follow you and I just want to be with you and the Lord simply responds back again after all this, and he says, simply feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. He talks to him about it when he's going to get old. And verse 19 says, this he signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he, he simply responds. And he saith unto him, follow me. Follow me. I'm going to take you away from distraction. I'm going to pull you away from all the stuff. I'm going to pull you away from all the things that have tried to try to paralyze you. And, 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 and I need you to follow me. I need you to. J Jesus was taking him to a place away from all the things. And, and that's what's going to happen this week in prayer. This week in prayer and, and in the media fast that you've been in. This is Jesus saying, follow me. This is Jesus saying, shut off all the stuff. Get rid of all the distractions and walk with me and follow me. And that's the grand invitation that the Lord is, is, is giving Simon Peter that we all would like to have. But notice something happens here. There's something that takes place in the Bible. 
Bible says in verse 20, after he says, follow me, we see this defining moment in Peter's uh, life. And he turns, the Bible says, then Peter turning about. Turning about. Seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved. Which, which, by the way, just to fit in here where John was trying his best to fit in everything he could fit in. He's like, man, I have one bit of truth that I need to make sure I get in my book somewhere and I have no place to put it. Which also leaned on his breast of the supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? John was doing his best to find a place. He thought, this is a good spot for it right here. I'm going to put it right in this place. But, but we, we find the action of Simon Peter where Jesus is saying, follow me. And as he begins to walk with him, he turns and he says, but hang on. And he looks back and he sees the disciple whom Jesus loved standing there with his notepad and his pen writing down everything he can. And Simon Peter is caught between somebody else going on his journey, his distraction and his calling. He's caught between revival and, and all these other things that pull us down and where is he at this moment he's paralyzed by indecision but but he has this moment what should I do what what do I need to do and he he says Lord what what about this guy what what about him what about this what about uh John coming on this and why would he come and and we find that 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 Jesus comes to verse uh in verse 21, it says, Peter seeing him says, Lord, what shall this man do? In verse 22, it says, Jesus responds to him. And he says in this text, if I will to, that, that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? Pretty much the Lord says, what is it to you? It's none of your business. If he, if he goes on the journey with us, if he walks behind us for 20 miles, if he's blessed and you have wonder of when you're going to get the blessing you're desiring, if, 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 let me just say it this way, if they got to go get a new car and you're still driving the one that smokes a little bit, but you get caught up in those things. What's it to you? If somebody else has a, has a blessing in their life and somebody else has a deep prayer life and somebody else has this or that and you've gone through a valley, but yet you're saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. The Lord is saying, I've come to you and I've come to you individually and I'm looking for you to go on this journey with me, to walk with me, to talk with me, to reach people, to love people, to move past distraction, to move past all the stuff and to look and say, I'm longing to do a work in your life. What's it to you if somebody else has been blessed? We're more than ever in our society, we're more than ever caught up in everybody else. We are so caught up in it. We get breaking headlines. If, if LeBron James sneezed, we're like, hey, LeBron sneezed today. And there's four-page articles on it. We're so caught up in everybody else. We, 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 we're, we're so concerned, and we, we, got, we, we got to know what someone ate for lunch every day. They take a picture of it and post it, and we're so caught up in all this stuff. But not only that, it goes way, way deeper. I'm being playful, but it goes way deeper, and we're so caught up. And so now we're carrying the burdens. We're carrying the burdens of what they are going through, but also what we don't possess and what we don't have. And what it's done is it's taken our eyes off of Jesus. We've got our eyes off of, off of the things of God. We've got our eyes on all this other stuff. And the Lord is saying, hey, I'm, I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me. I need you to follow me. And, and Jesus is saying, what's it to you if they have that? And what's it to you if they possess that? And what's it to you if revival's happening there? I'm trying to do a work in your life. And I'm 
trying to get you to a place where you're going to experience something. Because it wasn't but just a few, a few short days later where the Bible says in the book of Acts where, where Simon Peter got up in front of a crowd and he preached Jesus and him crucified and all. The other disciples sat in the back of the room and clapped and said, that's it, Simon Peter. And then they asked, what should we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Lord was saying, if I can get your eyes off everybody else, I'm going to make you the cornerstone, make you the rock that I'm going to build the church upon. But I need you to follow me. I need you to walk with me. I need you to go on this journey with me. So what's it to you? What's it to you? If I allow someone else to to have this, I need you to follow me. You see, it's an ongoing uh, battle throughout the Word of God where God's people dealt a little bit with, with identity, but the Lord reached down to a point of where they were. And, and, and was wanting to still use them and, and do a work in their life. I, I, I remember days even, man, this is so familiar. This is so familiar, Pastor, because I remember in our, in our first building, in our first building, it was not quite as nice as this at all. My wife's here to verify this, and we could tell many, many stories. When we first came, our room was about half the size of this, and we were so blessed because the only, when we had, when we started, we had $72, and we were, we were, I mean, we were, in bad shape, but we were we just went and my daughter, my wife, and I, and one college student agreed to come, and we got this room that someone said you could have. It's in a warehouse. It was literally in the center of this warehouse, and 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 there were no lights outside, and um, it was very, for, it was it was sketchy. Is a, maybe a word that would be best describing this. It was a sketchy situation. We had no running water for the first thirty days. When they said they would have it on. They did not tell the truth. And, and we would literally, uh, we had some people coming, and, and we had to tell them the water's not running, but we went ahead and launched our service. Not things you want to do, by the way. Um, things we made mistakes on. We can tell you everything not to do when you start a church. But we would have to take somebody, and we would drive them to the gas station when they said we have to um, maybe go to the restroom. And so we would drive them. We had a, we had a shuttle that would take them to the gas station. And, and we had a, um, a raccoon living in our ceiling. And so when we did finally get the water running, you would turn the switch on, and that loud fan would come on in the bathroom, and that raccoon would start scratching. And you could not only hear the scratching, but you could see the ceiling, the ceiling tile that would move a little bit. And at any point, you knew that this is the end of my life, not the way I wanted to die. And so it was a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, I'm talking about... Crazy things happening, and there were moments where we would we would reach people, we would encourage people to come to church, and 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 we finally got access to this other side of the building where we would have our donuts because you can't have church without donuts in Arkansas, and so we would have donuts and coffee there. And I remember going over there and making sure the classes were set and making sure everything was okay. And again, the building was an old beat up warehouse in a very industrial area of, of Springdale, Arkansas, at the time. And we watched this couple pull up in their car. And I'll never forget, I was so excited when I saw them pull up. We needed some new people. We were so excited. We've been praying for God to do work. And they looked out the window. <laughs> exactly what you're thinking. And he looked at his wife, and she looked up. And he pointed at something, and he put his hand up on that shifter and moved it in reverse. And they slowly backed out and drove down the road. I'll never forget that morning. 
I never forget thinking, man, we needed them to be here today. And then I got on, you know, I made the mistake of getting on Instagram or Twitter that afternoon and seeing, you know, many, many crowds and many, many people and all the things that were happening at places. And, and, then, and then all these things were going on and I began to demote myself and bring myself down and, and tear down what I was experiencing but yet they were having that and they were having this. And then I began to wonder why my kids never looked good in a picture. And I, I never couldn't figure out why my kids, we never had a happy family picture. But then I realized that everybody was beating their kids to have good family pictures. They were like, if you don't smile, you will never walk again. Smile right now. Dad was done. Dad was done. I'm done taking these pictures. I'm not happy either. But mom made us do this. She made us dress up in this goofy plaid outfit anyways. No one wants to do it. And I realize that they are threatening them with their lives. And that's why they look so perfect, because they're scared to death. And mom is the one. And so every, I started comparing myself to these. I, I was realizing that this is what's going on. And guess what? Not everything is perfect everywhere else. And I began to realize that in my little small room with, with, us, with us doing what we were doing. And, and the room was so, so terrible when we got there. But some nice, a nice coat of paint and, and a little bit of prayer made that place our sanctuary. And, and before we knew it, those little doors would swing open and somebody else would come in and another person would come in. And then all we knew is I had to start running to Target one day in Walmart and buying all the folding chairs I could find because the 36 chairs we had put out weren't enough. And I've got pictures in that room when we got stools out of the back and we got piano benches and we had kids sitting on the front. The place was packed at one point in that little room with 70 people. The fire marshal would have making, taken me straight to jail. But I was envying what they had but guess what? No one was experiencing what God was doing in my life and what I had to do was say I'm taking my eyes off of that and I'm getting my eyes off of that and I'm focusing and I'm following. Everywhere you want to take me Jesus, I'm going to go. Anywhere you call me to, I'm going to go. I just want to walk with Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. I, I want to go with him. I want to follow him. We find this throughout the text in Genesis 27. And, and we'll read this together. But Genesis 27, uh, we find here where, where the identity struggles and the crisis is something that's very, very, very normal. And, 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 and here in this text, Isaac is preparing to, uh, um, to bless um, um, his, his son, and yet there's a struggle. There's a bit of a, of, a, of a struggle going on between the two. And the Scripture says that, that he came to his father, and he said, My father, he said, Here am I, who art thou my son? And the next text tells us, that, that he, he responds, and Jacob said unto his father. Now everybody say, Jacob said, I am Esau. And the first time you meet somebody in the Old Testament, there's often um, a, a, a bit of importance on what they're doing in that moment. It tells a little about, about what their struggles are, what's going on. Not only is his name important, but Jacob, his actions are important here. The first time we meet Jacob, he's already trying to be somebody he's not. He's already struggling with, I don't like who I am, and I wish I was somebody else, and I want other things. And so there's one, the first of the two big truths we get in this text is, I wish I was somebody else. And the second thing we get is he says, I have done according as thou badest me, which he had not. 
He says, I pray, uh, sit and eat of my venison that thy soul may bless me. He did not do the action. His mother helped him find that food. It was not what he had asked for, but he was willing to ask for a blessing that he did not pay for. So he hates who he is, and he wants blessings that are not his. And so he struggles with these things. And we find in Genesis 32 that this is going on, and the struggle is continuing in his life. In verse 24 of chapter 32, the Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, And the Bible says the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. You remember what he was looking for? Remember what Jacob was dealing with? He wanted blessings that he didn't pay for that weren't his. And here he is in this moment where he's, he's, he's wrestled, he's exhausted, he's made a mess of his life. His relationships are not good. He's in a bit of a paralysis because he doesn't know what to do. He's now got his family moving away. And he's sitting in this moment, in this place. And not only is he here, but he's in pain because his thighs out of joint. He's exhausted, he's worn out, but he has the audacity to say, would you bless me? It's kind of the theme of his life. Um, I made a mess of things, but would you bless me? And notice, notice the response he gets. The response that he gets is simply, and you know the text, but what is your name? Now the man knew what his name was, but he needed Jacob. To embrace who he was. He needed Jacob to embrace the fact that he's been distracted. Embrace the fact that I've been caught up in other stuff. Embrace the fact that I've made more other things more important than my relationships that are dearest to me. And and, and, and we get this, we get this response from Jacob here. We get this response that is written down here in, in just Four short words, but I don't believe these four short words would have been brought to us the way that we quickly at times read it in Jacob's, and and he said Jacob. No, I don't think it would have happened that way. I believe that that in this text that, that he would have said, what is your name? And I believe that there would have been a long pause, if I can say it that way, some contemplation. I believe he would have probably... Try to catch his breath. Don't forget that he's aching. He's hurting. He's worn out. He might, he might be wiping sweat from his brow. And he's so confused and puzzled by everything that's going on. And, and now reflecting on all the things that he did. Maybe regretful. I don't know. But he's dealing with all of these things and all these emotions and all this stuff. And he's, 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 he's getting ready to answer. And he has a moment of wondering, what do I do? Because he struggles with two things. Mainly, he hates who he is. And he wants blessings that he didn't pay for. And he, he deals with this in such a way that he doesn't know what to do. And finally, finally he responds and he says, my name is Jacob. My name is Hillcatcher Supplanter. My name is Mess Up. My name is, 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 is a cheater. My name, I, I've got all these problems. And I've got all these things I'm dealing with and all the stuff. That I'm going through, and I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying here, but I, the reality is that, that we all could fall into this place right here at times. 
We all could deal with that. We could all say, you know what, I've made mistakes. I've, 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 I've envied what someone else has, and I've got caught up in the moment. And I've envied what this one is and that one is, and, I, and I've missed it. And the Bible says that, that he responds simply, that this is who I am. I'm, I'm Jacob. And I don't know if I gave him this text, but he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. You see what took place here is the very thing he needed was on the other side of honesty and clarity. Long, what, what he was longing for, the revival he needed in his life, was the, on, on the other side of getting rid of all the distractions and dealing with what was right in front of him. And I know that, I know that again, I'm not going to take too much time here because you've, you've had it and it's set, but I, this week, might be just a week where you got to shake off some things and get honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to do this. It's all right to clap right there. But to say, Lord, I, I, I need your help. I need your help. I need, I, need to, I need to present to you my weaknesses, and I need to present to you my struggles. I need to present to you the things that I've dealt with, the doubts that I've had maybe about, about some of the things in my life, and I need to go back to a place where you can speak a clear word and tell me one more time, follow me. I, I want to be with you, but, but, but don't forget what the Lord spoke to Simon Peter when he said simply, I need you to get your mind off of all the stuff. And as you're praying this week, there's something you need to also be doing with what which is what the Lord spoke to Simon Peter. He said, he said, I need you to get your eyes off all of the things. And how? How do you do that? How do you prove to me that you love me? You go and you feed the people. You take care of the people. You reach people. There should be a reality that breaks through in your life and something that does a work in your spirit this week. That as you pray, you ought to grow a hunger for some souls out there that you've talked to, that you've been in touch with, and you ought to go and say, you know what? I'm not just going to pray that God blesses this. But I'm going to pray that God blesses me to follow him as I go and reach somebody and love somebody and, and, and win somebody. I have what I need to possess to do the work that God's called me to do. Amen. I believe it. I believe it. I'm coming to a close. And Sister Shelley, you can come to the music this, this morning. But I, the one other text I want you to look at, um, 1 Samuel 17 and 40, is, is where, where David was struggling with a similar thing. David was on the backside of a hill, and, and, and when Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, he travels there, and he, he, he carries a horn of oil, and he's looking to anoint the next king, and the Lord says, you're not going to recognize him, but, but I'll, 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 kind of, I'll prompt you. And in front of him were all the brothers, the great brothers, that, that were qualified, that were ready to be possibly next thing they come in and their their chests are out and their arms are you know they're flexed and doing the best they can to look like they're the ones they could be us it's us Samuel Jesse calls them in and he looks and he, 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 he doesn't see what he's looking for the Lord says that don't look on the outward you might want to look on the inward there's something on the on the heart that I'm looking for and so in this, in this moment we have where, where Samuel comes and he stands before and he is in front of all these boys and he looks at Jess and he says, Are here all your children? Pretty much what Jesse wanted to say was, These are the ones that matter. 
You see, David was used to being overlooked and being an underdog, if I can say it that way. But while the other brothers were in there and doing the things that mattered, David was out keeping the sheep, being faithful. But while he was being faithful, he was following Jesus. While he was doing things that didn't matter to the other ones, he was following Jesus. While he wasn't getting noticed, he was following Jesus. While other ones were getting respected in public, David was just doing all the right things in the private. Flying under the radar by man, but never by God. Some of you know the feeling. You know the feeling. The Bible says that, he says, are here are your children. He says, yeah, well, there's one. He keepeth the sheep. So pretty much he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't qualify. And the Bible says that Samuel looked and said, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. We're not doing another thing until he comes into the room. And I can't imagine, though, we don't really get it, but who would have gone out there? Probably a servant would have gone out there. A servant who had watched the other brothers try to take and, 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 and the moment they wanted to pull in as their own. But, but the servant looked and said, <laughs> they've tried to overlook David. They've tried to, they tried to downplay him. But the servant runs out and he says, David, I've got something I want to tell you. That Samuel came in. He's got some oil. And, and, and your brothers are in there trying their best to, to, to woo him and trying their best to get the oil placed on their head. But, but I've got, he's asking for you. He's asking for you. He's, he's calling you up. He's, he's asking that you get in there. And I can't imagine the moment that David felt where he began to say, you know what? I, I, I didn't know if the moment would come. And I don't know exactly what to do with it. But Lord, I don't know how to go about this. But if you're calling me to something, then I'm willing to follow you. If this is what it is, then I'll follow you. And he goes in. And he's anointed. And in this text, we find where, 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 where David has dealt with this type of stuff in his life. For many years, in, in chapter 17 and verse 40, it comes to a point where David goes into Saul's office as he's taking food to his brothers as they're fighting uh, Goliath. And all the, all the great warriors were hiding, and David steps on the scene, and he looks and says, no one's wanting to fight. No one's wanting to do anything about this, but he says, is there not a cause? See, David, all he knew to do was to follow Jesus. He goes in the office of Saul, and Saul says the same thing he's heard over and over. You're not good enough, but if you're going to go out and fight, then I need to at least make sure that they know that I tried. So put on my armor and go out and fight. And the Bible says he has saved not to go, meaning that he probably caught a reflection of himself. And he looked and he said, this is not you. This is not who you are. You don't, this is not, this doesn't fit you. And I'm hurrying here, but he says, pretty much the Bible says he took off the armor and he, and he grabs his items that are his and the scripture says that he goes down and, he, and he, he goes to a brook and he gathers five smooth stones. And the Bible tells us that he gathers those five smooth stones and he puts them in a shepherd's bag. And here are the three, I believe, the three very revealing words about who David was and who he is okay being. They said he wasn't good enough, but David said the Lord has his hand upon me and that's that's all I need. Put him in a shepherd's bag, which he had. He said, I, I know you don't think I'm good enough, but God's called me out. And what I possess and what I don't possess, they're good enough for the Lord. And the Lord was calling him into a into a battle with Goliath. And what the Lord was saying in this moment was, I'm taking you, the unnoticed David, 
the David that no one else is aware of. I'm taking the one who has killed the lion and the bear. When no one else was there to congratulate you, I, I'm taking you out. And you defeated your personal foes. And you, you defeated the, the, the private foes. But now I'm calling you out to now go to battle in the public. I'm going to take what you've done in your prayer closet. I'm going to take what you've done when no one else was around. I'm going to take what you've done when no one else was able to say, I see what you're doing. I've noticed that. So now is the moment where I'm going to call you up and I'm I'm going to do a work in your life, and I'm going to do it where everyone else sees it. It was from that day on that everyone began to say that Saul slew his thousands and David his tens of thousands because they realized that God's hand is upon David. When no one else noticed it, God was aware of it. And David was willing to say, "This I, I'm, going to, I'm going to go as the one who God has his hand upon. I've come to simply tell you this this morning. Get your eyes off of all the other things. Get your eyes off of all the comparisons, all the competition, all the distractions, all the stuff that we adopt in. And get your eyes back on Jesus. And say, Lord, if you're wanting to take me somewhere, I'm going to follow you. What that simply means is don't look back. Don't look back at anything you're leaving behind. Don't look back at any doubt and any fear. Don't look back at any mistakes and any regret. Don't look back at any struggles you had. Just walk with him. Just go with him. Just see where he wants to take you. And I believe a revival will come to your life. In Jesus' name. If you feel that way right now, would you stand to your feet? And I'm asking you if you feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable doing so, would you lift a hand right now and say, Lord, I want what you have for me, God. I want what you want to do in my life, God. I desire it, Lord. I need it, God. God, I'm praying in this house right now, Lord, for those that have walked into this place desiring a deep move and desiring you to do a work. I pray we get rid of all distractions. I pray we shut those things off from our lives, God, and we push away things that have tried to pull our attention away. And we say, God, I'll follow you, Lord. I'll follow you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask as we get ready to sing right now, I'm asking if there's anybody in the building. And I'm asking you just, just uh, don't, don't, don't feel awkward doing this. I want to encourage you right now. If you feel the Lord is pulling you into something deeper, would you be willing to step out if you feel okay doing so? And if you feel to stay at your seat, that's fine. But I want to encourage you to step out from where you are and say, God, I answer the call. And I want to walk with you, God. I'm answering the call this morning. And I want to go with you, God. I desire what you have in my life, Lord. I desire to do what you're calling me to do, Lord. You've called me, Lord. I will answer God. Yes, Lord. Come on, let's pray to him right now. Let's ask him to help us. Lead me, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, we worship you, Jesus. Jesus.